Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd like to start by asking you a question this morning and just something for you to think about, not necessarily something you have to shout out an answer to. What are some things that people will wait just the right moment for? Now, you can take a moment and think about what you might say, but let me throw out a few answers for you. Remember that New Year's resolution you made four months ago about getting to the gym more or starting to run outside and you're still waiting for the right moment to start? When is the right time for a pastor to take a call to another church? Ask five pastors, you might get five different answers. For any single person, it might be waiting for the right moment to settle down, give up the bachelor or bachelorette life. For a man, it might be waiting for the right moment to propose to his girlfriend. For a married couple, it might be waiting for the right moment to start having children. For anyone, it might be waiting for the right time to travel, to go to that place you've always wanted to go to. If you are unhappy with your job, maybe it's about waiting for the right moment to quit. In war, sometimes a side waits for the right moment to strike. Watch any movie and you'll hear a commander say something like, Wait, 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 now. I used to work at a summer camp and we had a zip line where you sat on the edge and all you had to do was basically fall off this little wall you were sitting on. A little wall 40 feet in the air, mind you. I can't tell you how many times I had campers that were just waiting for the right moment to let go because they were working up the courage to do it. The ones who were scared to do it and took the longest to go usually never made the jump. For someone who hasn't been to church in a long time, they might be waiting for the right Sunday to finally make it back. Come back next Sunday and you might see someone you haven't seen in a long time. Are there any that you think I've missed? You can look at so many different aspects of your life. And as this quote tells you, life was always a matter of waiting for the right moment to act. Now, when you dig a little deeper, much of what this has to do with, especially when you read about other people's opinions, is your happiness. If you're waiting for the right moment, it's because you're waiting for the perfect time to finally be happy or to feel complete, and it's all about you. And so they'll tell you that happiness doesn't come from outside, from all of the things that you're waiting for. Happiness comes from inside. And so then this quote gets followed up with things like, as you can see, if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. People who wait for the right moment end up waiting forever. If you're ready to settle down with someone in life, only when you feel settled with yourself or you're financially secure or you have the perfect job, you'll never get married. Wait for the perfect conditions to go running outside and you'll always find a reason not to go. It's too hot. It's too cold. I need new shoes. I'm tired. If you're unhappy with your job and are just waiting for the right time to quit... You never will. Now, I am not here today to tell you how to stop living your life so that you aren't waiting for the right moment to do something. Because the reality is there are plenty of other people who could tell you how to do it. And they have. 
Some will say, there will never be a perfect time. Just start where you are. In other words, stop making excuses because that's all you're really doing anyway if you're not doing what you think you should be. Or as Nike would tell you, just do it. Finally, my favorite comes from the movie Shawshank Redemption. Classic line. Get busy living or get busy dying. Those are your two choices in life. Live your life or just give up. While I'm not here to tell you how to live your life differently if you really struggle with waiting for the right moment, what I am here to tell you today is that most of those people who focus on your life being all about you and your happiness are wrong in some way. Because they tell you that true happiness comes from within, that in order to be happy with your life, you first have to be happy with yourself. I'll tell you that true happiness comes from outside yourself. But it's only because our definitions of happiness might be different. The dictionary tells us that happiness is good fortune, pleasure, contentment, joy. If you've been around the last few weeks, you know that we've talked about joy and contentment. If you haven't been, let me tell you that we just finished our series called Help for the Hurried Life, going through the book of Philippians. And one of the things that we established is what this life is all about. And the most important piece of our life is to know Christ. Paul writes, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing else matters besides knowing Christ, and in him is true joy and contentment. Knowing him as the one who rode into Jerusalem on what we celebrate as Palm Sunday, the one who is welcomed with shouts of, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But as many people welcomed him, there were others plotting against him. And this goes back all the way to right after Jesus was baptized and is tempted in the wilderness. We read in Luke 4, When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Even Satan was all about finding the right moment. So too were the Pharisees on a number of different occasions. Luke 6 says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. The Pharisees tried to set traps for Jesus to get him to sin. This instance is healing a man with a withered hand. And every time Jesus outsmarted them, we see the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Or as Mark 3 tells us after the same instance, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Fast forward to Palm Sunday, and Jesus begins to say and teach a number of things in Jerusalem, in the temple. And the result is, Mark 12 says, Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest him, because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Palm Sunday begins our Holy Week. And for most of us, we probably know how the story goes. Satan and the Pharisees finally found the right time, and it came from one of Jesus' own, Judas. We read in Luke 22, Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, 
who was of the number of the twelve. Judas is told by those who are trying to arrest Jesus that he would be paid for his betrayal. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the crowd. Satan saw this as the right time. The Pharisees saw this as the right time. Judas saw this as the right time. But none of this compares to the fact that God saw this as the right time. Paul writes in Galatians 4, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. When the time had fully come, or as you heard in the New Testament reading from Romans 5, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. We might say that timing is everything. When we're waiting for the right moment, the right opportunity for something in our life. God's timing is perfect. Holy Week is about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. How he gave up his life for us while we were still powerless to do anything. Holy Week isn't about the Pharisees finally finding the opportunity to arrest and kill Jesus through Judas, through Satan. This isn't a story about death. It's a story about life that comes from death. As Paul goes on to say in Romans, But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the forgiveness of our sins, for our eternal life, to bring us to heaven because of his great love for us. His love for you. His love for me. His love for Judas, for the Pharisees, for the disciples, for the whole world. He loved them all enough to die for them. He even died for those who are enemies of God. All people. That is the message of this Holy Week. And as we celebrate Maundy Thursday, we focus on knowing Christ in his body and blood that has been shed for you. And we also celebrate that today. On Good Friday, we will journey with Jesus to the cross where he gave his life for us, for our sins, for all of our betrayals at just the right time. And then on Easter Sunday, we see the empty tomb because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He has risen from the dead just as he said he would. And with that comes the promise that all who believe will also rise again when he returns. And we're here today because we celebrate Easter every Sunday. And this message is one that we can share at all places and all times. I'm going to end with a quick story about waiting for just the right time. Now, you all may have people in your life that do not believe in Jesus and his death and resurrection. Or you may have people that you just aren't really sure about. If we wait for the right moment to share the good news of great joy with people, that moment may never come. My dad was someone who went to church with us when we were growing up. But after my parents divorced, faith wasn't something we really talked about all that often. But obviously he knew I was a pastor. He supported that. And he would tell me he went to church. But his life was one where going to church and the life he lived 
didn't really match up. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So I didn't really know for sure. And it was a conversation that I always intended to have with him. The right moment just never came up. The day my brother left me a voicemail telling me to call him, after already calling multiple times, I knew that my dad had died. And I also knew that my opportunity to talk to my dad about his faith was gone. And there was nothing I could do. At his funeral, there was no comfort or peace that I could take. Because I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt where my dad is. Our timing is not perfect. Sometimes we miss the opportunity and we never get another chance. You have people in your life where you still have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ before it's too late. You may have children, whether they're four or 40, parents, grandparents, friends, family, The message of Easter, of the empty tomb, is a message that we don't have to wait to share because it's always the right moment. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak because this message never changes. But what it does do is it changes lives. It saves lives. This message of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead for the salvation of the world, of his perfect timing, is the message of yesterday, today, and forever. That is for you, for me, and for all people, even those who are enemies of Christ. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.